timer because he's good and we want to get out of here at some point today so now awesome man well good morning it is is good to have you this morning so good to see you it's good to be in the house of God uh, with the people with the people of God the, the the faithful of God amen the remnant hallelujah if they slept in they're not the remnant I'm just saying I'm just gonna put that out there yeah just kidding but no, but it's good. Good to see you. So, so look, last week, right, we, we had a big announcement, right? And just in case you missed it, let me, let me just reiterate it because this fall we will be launching Tyrone Christian Academy. And man, I tell you, we're, we're, we're so excited about it. And Mr. Brandon Hartman will be the headmaster of the school. And again, I couldn't be more excited about this and there are several reasons for my excitement and I will share those with you throughout these next three weeks um, for sure but today I want to focus just on I just want to share one with you the reason I'm so excited about about this is because see God spoke it 
Okay, this is why I'm so excited about it. Because back in 2013, God spoke it. And, and the reason that's the main reason that I'm so excited about it is, is because of this. Because when, when God speaks something, God will be the one to maintain that something. I'm telling you. Because God spoke it, God will be the one to grow it. Because God spoke it, God will be the one to provide for it. Because God spoke it, God will be the one to draw people in to it. And see, that excites me because that removes pressure from me and everyone else on the team. That, that means we don't have to rely on man or woman to, to somehow come up with something in order for this thing to work. We, we, we don't have to do that. See, see, because God spoke it, he'll be the one to put the right people in the right place. He'll be the one to attract the right people at the right moment and the right time that will come and give into it and, and support it and stand behind it and blow wind into it. See, Jesus says this in John chapter three. He says, that which is born of the spirit, the spirit will maintain it. But that which is born of the flesh, the flesh will have to maintain it. Jesus is very simply saying this. If you have a good idea, but it's not God who spoke to you that idea, then you'll be the one that has to carry out the idea. You'll have to rely on your wisdom, on your experience, on your abilities, on your, uh, on your provision. And I don't know about you, but that's scary to me. But see, if God is the one who spoke the idea, it will be God's wisdom, God's ability, and God's talents, and God's provision that will maintain his idea. Because see, the Bible is clear that, that the word of God never returns void. That when God speaks something, man, he's faithful to complete that something. And because God spoke it, the spirit of God will be the one that maintains it. And this gives me great comfort and, and great excitement. And, and, and look, throughout this entire process, right, of getting to the day to announce the school and, and now starting in to get ready to, to open up in the fall, the, the Lord has said to me on multiple separate occasions something very simple. He said, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Isaiah 43 is where that comes from. And see, the new thing God was doing then was salvation for the people and not just for the, for the Jews, but for all the world. He said, behold, he was trying to tell his people, listen, we're about to do something new. So, so pay attention and, and don't disregard it. And this is what, what God was saying about this school. And I, and I knew by the spirit what God was telling me. That he was saying at, at, this, at this school, he doesn't just want a couple classes talking about Jesus. That's not what he wants. See, the Lord was telling me that, that, that at this school, it won't be a school where we just sprinkle a little bit of Jesus in throughout the day, treat him like an ice cream topping or something. <laughs> like, that's not what, what God wants to do. See, at Tyrone Christian Academy, right, Jesus is going to be the topping, the filling, and everything in between. Because I don't know where else to turn. I don't know where else to go. He is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. And outside of him, I can do absolutely nothing. Outside of him, our kids don't stand a chance. <laughs> so I don't know where else to turn but to Jesus. See, I, I believe this with all my heart that, that at this, this school, man, it will be a place where the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will be evident there. 
That, that, that no matter what, as you walk into this building and as you walk through the hallways, that there'll be a tangible presence of the living God in that place. A place where every student, every teacher will be encouraged to express their love for Jesus, their desire for Jesus. See, we, we actually, at Tyrone Christian Academy, we actually want Jesus to be king and not just a talking point. We want him to be king, and so his word has to reign supreme, the entire word of, of God. And so, so there, there won't be just a couple classes, right? Bible classes, right? The word of God will be in every class. Sewing so the whole school together in every, every aspect of the school. These kids will be immersed in the presence of God all day, every single day. Amen. Amen. And this really should excite every one of us, for real. You know, it's funny because <clears throat> when, I, when I get the opportunity to, to sit and talk to, to people, you know, that come to the church, and, and I get to ask him, well, why, why do you come to CWC? Like, what makes you keep coming back? What makes you get up every single Sunday? Well, most Sundays, except on spring forward Sunday, but we won't go into that. But what makes you wake up most Sundays and bring your butt to church? And, and you know, there, there's, there's, a common, there's a common thread and a common answer I get from people. All of them say basically the same thing. Variations of it, but the same thing. They say, because I can feel God I can feel God in this place. And I'm telling you, there, there's not a better compliment you could give a pastor than that, at least I hope. <laughs> I hope. Don't compliment my shoes. Compliment the fact that Jesus is in this place. Amen. And then you can compliment my shoes after that. So. But let that be secondary. Amen. But that's, that's what I hear throughout and that's what the Lord is doing. This is what he's going to be doing at this school. A place of his presence. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, where the presence of God is, there is freedom. There is liberty. It's, it's absolutely amazing. See, the, the Lord wants to raise up generations, not a generation, but generations of warriors for Christ. That's what he's doing on the earth. And, and that's why the, we, we named the school, yeah, Tyrone Christian Academy, but it's, it's called Tyrone Christian Warriors. And the warriors part is more than just a mascot, even though it's a cool mascot. It's a rallying cry. It's a rallying cry from heaven. See, the Lord is, is raising up a people in these last days that are truly his who have a heart that has been set on fire for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's who he's raising up. See, see the Lord is, is wanting his, his people to, to rise up against a culture that is trying to remove God from every aspect of life. This is what he's doing. He wants us to rise up against a culture that is lying to our children, trying to remove their identity or at very less, least trying to confuse them in their identity and in their purpose. This is what they're doing. See, God is, is raising up a people who will fight against their own flesh, who will deny themselves daily, pick up their cross and follow him with everything that is within them. A people who desire to live holy as he is 
holy, not just churchgoers, but a holy people that have been stamped and sealed with the Holy Ghost. That's what God is raising up. God is, is, is raising up warriors that will stand in the gap and begin to intercede to heaven on people who are far from him on their behalf. That's what he's raising up. A people who aren't afraid to fight against the enemy and his agenda in this day, right? A people who will fight and wage war in the spirit while standing firm for righteousness on the earth. This is what he's raising up. Jesus makes this statement. He says, make sure you know and see the signs of the times. That's what he says. In other words, don't close your eyes. Don't get lost in all the distraction that this world's throwing at you. No, no, no. You see, see the signs of the times. And if you are being led by the Holy Ghost, even a little bit, even just a little bit, man, you can see the signs of the times all around us. You can see it. You can see how the enemy is ramping up his attacks on the people and on the people of God, pulling them away from their faith in Christ, trying to blur the lines, trying to, trying to muddy what we stand for and the one we serve. It's just true. And if we are not seeing that, it's because we've buried our head in the sand like an ostrich. Just put it right down in the sand. Let's just not pay attention. La, 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 it's not happening. Because it is. It is. You know, in Luke chapter 18, Jesus makes a statement that, that haunts me. <laughs> haunts me in a good way, but it haunts me. He says, when I return to the earth, will I find any faith on the earth? Will I find any? See, see church, listen to me. Now is the time, not, not tomorrow. Don't, don't put off tomorrow. The Bible says don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. So, so now is the time that we've got to stop playing Christianity and start living holy. Start becoming warriors and then raising up warriors for Christ. And this is, this is the heart of what, we, what the Lord wants to see, more than we, what the Lord wants to see at Tyrone Christian Academy. Now, now, let me be, be very, very clear though, okay? Because, man, at the school, we will strive for excellence in all areas, in all areas, academically, right? Academic excellence and, 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 and excellence in health and excellence in sports. Come on, somebody. The greatest sports team since, <laughs> since the 1987 Lakers. Come on, somebody. I'm just saying, and the reason we'll strive for excellence in all those different areas is because the word of God says so. The Bible says, do everything as if you're doing it unto the glory of the Lord. Everything. And so, man, we want our kids and these, these students to be in such an environment that they're able to feel free to pursue education and learning at the highest level push to pursue their goals and their God-given dreams and their God-given gifts and, and talents, push to be the very best that they could ever possibly be. And, and, and look, because the, the, the spirit of God will be all around them and all over them, there'll be something different about them. God will set them apart because that's what the spirit of God does. He sets us apart. We are sojourners and aliens on this earth. And that's what God will, will do. He'll separate them. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of, of, of Daniel, okay? Daniel's an incredible story. And how, because the spirit of God was with this man, with this boy, he learned better, he worked harder, he was kinder, 
than any other person around him. Matter of fact, it's wild. The Bible says this in Daniel chapter one, verse 20. This is what the word of God says. In all, someone shout all. In all matters of wisdom and understanding, the king, not just the church, not just the people of God, not just his family, but the king found that Daniel was 10 times better than everyone else in the entire land. Think about that for a moment. Because what that tells us very simply is this, that the spirit of God will set us apart and everyone will notice that there's something different about us. Everyone will, will notice. See, see, there's this, this really weird thought process and conversation that surrounds the education system. And it's more evident to me now than ever before in my life because of this process. But there's this really weird conversation that happens. And it's that, and it's that people that say this, they say, well, you gotta separate God from education. Separate God from, from learning. But the Bible says something completely different. It goes completely against that, 100%. It says that when we are filled with the spirit of God and then we add education, then we add health and we add sports and we add purpose, the spirit of God will make us better than we could have ever been on our own. That's what the life of Daniel shows. And this will be the purpose a Tyrone Christian Academy. The kids will receive an excellent education. But, but do, you know, do you know what the truth is? Here's the truth. If these kids come to the school and all they receive is an excellent education, but they don't fall in love with Jesus, we failed them miserably. We as a people have failed them miserably. And that's not gonna happen in Jesus' name. That's not gonna happen. This will be the goal. This is what God is, is wanting to do. He's wanting to, to raise up warriors for Christ. Amen. And, and look, man, I know this. I know the, the word warrior, right? It sounds really dangerous and it provokes a reaction. I've had people actually comment to me. Well, that's a little bit intense. I'm like, you better believe it on purpose, <laughs> on purpose. We called the school this because God said to call it that. So I don't care if it hurts your feelings or not. I'll just be honest. I really don't. Because listen to me, us as, as Christians have to start going on the offensive instead of getting our butts kicked on the defensive. It's so true. Listen, weak, fluffy Christianity is over. That, that day is gone. I, I've said this to you multiple times over these past two years. That's over. That's finished. That is gone. It had a good run while it lasted, but it's finished now. Because hear me, that worthless devil isn't taking any prisoners. He ain't playing games. The Bible says he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. So while we're playing games, he's plotting our demise. That's what he's doing. And see, it's our job to come and bring life and life more abundantly through Christ. Amen. Amen. Man, we're gonna raise up some warriors for the kingdom of, of God. And, and look, I, I don't know about <clears throat> any, any of you, but, but for me, right, when I, when I think of a warrior, I gotta think about King David. I mean, I absolutely have to think about him. This man was a, a man's man, Jack. He was one of the greatest warriors in all of scripture, apart from Jesus, by the way. We got this picture of Jesus like he's some fluffy dude with a lamb wrapped around his neck. He's got eyes of fire, hair like wool, feet of brawn, with a robe dipped in blood. He's the baddest warrior coming and going. 
The Bible says he's the commander of God's armies. He's the leader of it all. But next to Jesus, David is the baddest warrior in all of scripture. And I love this Psalms 89 passage because it really lays something out for us in, in grave detail. It shows us how to become warriors of Christ. It shows us what it, what it takes to become a warrior. And it shows what the benefits are of becoming a warrior. Psalms 89, it paints this vivid picture for us of what God is wanting to do in the kids at Tyrone Christian Academy. This is the text that God gave me. And we're only gonna talk about a couple of them today because we, we don't have enough time to go through them all. But over these next three weeks, we'll hit every single one of these verses. Six verses in all. And by the end of the third week on March 27th, we will have a better understanding of what it means to be a warrior for Christ. A better understanding of how we become a warrior and the benefits of being a warrior because there's great benefits. Do you know the Bible tells us do not forget all of his benefits? Amen. And there's great benefits. And in verse 19, what it says is this. I have bestowed my strength on my warrior. I love that. I have bestowed my strength on my word. So, so why do we wanna become warriors for Christ? Why do we want our kids to become warriors for Christ? So that God's strength will be upon them. God's strength will operate through them and in them. That's why we want them to be warriors for him. I have bestowed my strength on my warriors. I have raised up a young man from among the people. I have found David, my servant. Acts chapter 13, verse 22 says this. God testified concerning David. I have found David, my servant, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, and he will do everything I want him to do. So that's the, the first defining characteristic of a warrior for Christ, a heart for God, huh. a heart for God. So see, at this school, what we wanna be, be doing is raising up warriors for Christ by training them to have a heart for God. <laughs> I'm telling you, training them to have a heart that yearns for the word of God, a heart that hungers for the things of God, a heart that thirsts and, and strives to, to live out according to the word of God. And that's the first sign of a warrior, having a heart for God. Do you know the Bible says this in 2 Chronicles chapter 16? It says, the eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro across the entire earth. God's looking across the entire globe, searching for hearts that are truly his. See, see listen to me. What gets God's attention shifted to you and to me is a heart. That's what causes God to look at you is the heart that you have for him. See, see, God's looking for a people who have a heart that is fully devoted to every part of who he is. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. This is God speaking, and he's speaking to us. If you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with what? Your whole heart. You'll find me, but you better seek me with your whole heart. See, if we wanna be found by God, if we wanna be used by God, and if we wanna be able to do everything that God is calling us to do on this earth, we must first have a heart 
heart for God. We must have the heart of a warrior. And see, because David had the heart of a warrior, God says, I, I found him. I found him because he had a heart, a heart for me, and, and, I've, and I've strengthened him. And man, if you, you, you go on to read about David's life in great detail, man, it will reveal in the scriptures the things he did in order to reveal that he had a heart for God, the heart of a warrior. Obviously, I don't have time to go through all of David's life. I'd like to, but I don't have time to do that. But there's a few things I, I wanna show you that, that David did in order to, to have a heart of God, to have the heart of a warrior. But I encourage you, go home today. Listen, go home today, grab, grab your Bibles, First Samuel chapter 16 and begin reading. And don't stop until you get to the end of David's life because it's absolutely amazing. It's amazing. But there's, there's four things I, I want you to take home with you today. Just, just four, okay? Just four. Four things that David displayed in his life that showed he had a heart for God, that, that showed he had the heart of a warrior. And the first thing is humility. That's, that's the first thing he displays there. After he has a heart for God from there, he displays humility. He was, he was a very humble, humble man, David was. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, okay, when David bursts on the scene, what we see is Samuel, the prophet, anointing David as king over all of Israel. While he was still just a boy, it's wild. In this story, God speaks to Samuel and he says, go to Jesse's house in Bethlehem, for I have chosen one of his sons to be, to be king. And it's funny because God says, but, but I will show you exactly who that is. I love that. Listen to me. If we press into God, God will speak to us and show us exactly what we are to do. I'm telling you, if you're open to hear his voice. But he says, Samuel, I will show you exactly the one to anoint. So Samuel goes to, to Bethlehem and he, and he tells Jesse, he says, hey, I want you to bring all your sons to, to this party. We're gonna throw a party tonight. We're gonna make a sacrifice and we're gonna pray. So I want you to bring all your, all your sons. Jesse's like, okay, cool, no problem, I'll bring them. And then Jesse starts showing up with, these, with, with all of his sons, right? He begins to show up. And the first person, first son that, that, Samuel, that Samuel sees is Eliab, the oldest of all the sons. And this is the statement that Samuel makes. He says, surely the Lord's anointed stands before me. In 1 Samuel 16, verse seven, look what the Lord says back to him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? The heart, looks at the heart. See, see God is searching for a heart, the heart of a warrior. The, the heart is what gets God's attention and it's no different in the scriptures. This is where we find that truth and, and David gets God's attention. But it's funny because after, after God says that about Eliab, then Jesse begins to send his other sons. Sends another one in front of Samuel, another one in front of Samuel. He brought seven sons before Samuel that day. Jesse did, seven sons. But God cho chose not a one of them. So Samuel, very confused, because he knows the voice of God. And he says, wait a minute. Um, God didn't choose any of these, none of these boys. 
is these all your, your sons? And I could just imagine the interaction that takes place here between Samuel and Jesse because it would have been a very awkward moment. This is the prophet of God, right? Jesse knows he's on trouble. His mail's about to get read. And he's like, well, I better, I better not lie. And so he's like, uh, well, yeah, I do have one more son, but, 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 but he's the youngest son. And so he's, he's insignificant. We, we just left him out in the field serving because he doesn't really need to be here, to be here for, for this. And Samuel goes, oh, really? We'll, we'll go get him. And I love it because he goes, and we will not sit down. Not one of us will sit down and not one of us will eat until he gets here. Go get him. And when David walks into to the room, the Bible says the Lord tells Samuel, Arise and anoint this one king. And the Bible says, after Samuel anoints David as king, the spirit of God came powerfully upon David. But you know what David did after he was anointed king? He went back to the field. I find this absolutely amazing. It blows my mind. He went back to being a servant. And this is incredible. Because here David is, okay? His own dad and his own brothers thought he was insignificant. So much so they didn't even invite him to dinner. They left him out in the cold. Yeah, yeah, we don't don't want to invite him. But after Samuel anoints him king in front of his dad and in front of his brothers, he chose to go back to the field to serve his dad and his brothers. Now, listen, I got to be really honest. I'm not sure I'd have handled it like David handled it. I would probably would have to rub it in a little bit, like na-na-na-na-boo-boo, right? I'm king, not you type of thing, right? Like, for, for real. Like, hey, I'm not going back to the field. I am king. You go take care of your own sheep because I'm the king over all of Israel. But that's not, that's not what David did. No, because he, he was a humble person. He didn't say a word. He receives the anointing of God. God anoints him as king. He gets up and goes back to being a shepherd boy. He goes back to being a servant, which is the the second characteristic of having a heart of a warrior, being a warrior for Christ, being being a servant, being a servant, being a servant of God, of course, right? Having a heart for God, obviously, you're gonna be a servant of God, but also to be a servant to those around you. See, see what we want to instill in these, these kids. See, we want to raise them up to be warriors for Christ by training them to be humble servants, just like David. After David was anointed king, he went back and served his dad. He went back and served his brother. He even eventually goes on to serve the current king, even though he's going to be the future king. And even though the current king is trying to kill him, David still serves him and serves him faithfully because of how humble of a servant he was. See, see we want these kids to be trained to serve, to serve others, to serve their families, to serve their communities. Because Jesus says in Luke chapter 22, the greatest among you will be the greatest servant among you. That's what he says. And and here's the reality. When we we train our children to be warriors for Christ and they become humble servants, you know know what happens? Bullying stops happening. The bullying goes away. There's, there's There's no more bullying. 
There's no more peer pressure, pressuring them to do something they, they shouldn't be doing. There's no more jockeying for position to become the most popular person in the room. There is, is none of that because a true warrior for Christ will be a humble servant to all and that removes all of that nonsense. So man, we wanna see them be humble servants. And not only will they be humble servants, but man, they'll be passionate worshipers of Jesus. And that's the third characteristic of being a warrior. That's the third one. Passionately and unashamedly worshiping the God that created you. See, listen to me. David was an incredible warrior. He fought many battles. He defeated many foes. Most of us know a lot of the stories, right? How he fought the lion and the bear and killed him with his bare hands. And then he went on to fight Goliath and he just beat him with a sling and a stone. We, many of us know all these stories, how he, he defeated the, the Philistine armies time and time and time again. Matter of fact, in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 18, the Bible says that, that the, the women of Israel made up a song about David. And the song went like this, Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his tens of thousands expressing just how great of a warrior this man was, an incredible warrior. But do you know what made him a great warrior? It wasn't because he was a good fighter. It was because he was a great worshiper. That's what made him a great warrior. I'm telling you, David loved and longed for the presence of God. Second Samuel chapter six, we find the story about the Ark of the Covenant coming back to Jerusalem. Now in that story, and if you go home and read it today, it's amazing. But what happened is, is the Ark of the Covenant was stolen by the Philistines. But see, they weren't God's people. And so when the presence of God fell on them, it, it, it sent plagues upon them. And so they were like, I, I wanna get rid of this thing. And so they took the Ark of the Covenant and put it at a place called Obed-Edom's house. And Obed-Edom's house was, was blessed, his entire household. Because wherever the presence of God is, the blessings of God flow, hear me. Hear me, so true. So David, seeing that Obed-Edom's house is being blessed beyond measure, he's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Why would this one man's house be blessed when, when all the people of God should be blessed by the presence of God? Let's bring the ark back to Jerusalem. And so David gathers up a bunch of soldiers and he takes them and goes to get the ark of the covenant. 30,000 of them to be exact. He wanted this to be a spectacle. He wanted it to be an expression of his love for God's presence. And so he brings these 30,000 soldiers and they, they begin carrying the Ark of the Covenant back. The Bible says in every six steps that they took, they set the Ark of the Covenant down and they made a sacrifice to God. And the entire time, I'm not sure how far Jerusalem was from Obed-Edom's house. I don't know how many six steps they took or how long they had to play music, but they played music the whole time. And the Bible says that David danced with all of his might before the Ark of the Covenant the, all the way home. In other words, David worshiped God while he was in the presence of God. And he worshiped with all of his might. The Bible says that David worshiped in such a way <laughs> that his wife, Michal, made fun of him. That's what it says. His wife made fun of him. It says that when David come home after that day and his wife seen him entering the city gates, dancing half naked, don't get half naked in here, but dance, please. <laughs> Just when I, I should probably clarify. I, nobody wants to see your boxers, but... 
But he comes walking into the city and he's dancing. He took off his outer garments. And his wife says to him, she said, I seen you come into the city acting like a fool. You are an embarrassment to me. Why would you become that undignified before all the people of Israel? You're the king. He says, I love his response. He says, I was worshiping the Lord my God. And if he wants me to, I will become even more undignified for his name. I will bring embarrassment on myself. I will look foolish in front of any person. I don't mind humiliating myself if it means worshiping my God. I don't care. Showing us that a true warrior is a passionate worshiper of God. See, listen to me. David would fight with all of his might but he worshiped God with, even, with an even greater might. He went after God greater than he even went after the enemy in the battle. See, see many of us, right, we wanna fight with all of our might. We, we, we do, we wanna fight with all of our might, but see, God desires us to worship with all of our might. He requires us to use the same might that we would use to fight to worship. That's what he requires to worship him with everything that's within us. But a lot of times, right, we, we aren't willing to look foolish in front of people. We're not. And we miss out on even the greater blessing of his presence because we're afraid what people might think, what people might say, what kind of embarrassment it might bring to me. See, most of the time, most of us, we don't wanna become undignified. But yet this is what God requires if we wanna be true warriors. We gotta be true worshipers. Did you know this, that the Bible actually lays out perfectly what worship looks like? Did you know that? The Bible tells us clearly what worship is to look like. You know, I hear in church and people say in church, well, we all worship differently, right? And I understand what they're saying. But did you know the truth is this? We all experience God differently, but worship is the same. Worship is the same. We might experience him different, but it looks the same. The Bible tells us you are to lift up holy hands before the holy God to worship him. That's what it says. The Bible says we are to clap our hands, all ye people, and shout unto God to praise his name. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. That means we gotta say something. We gotta sing. Well, pastor, I can't sing. I don't really give a rip. The Bible says make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. The Bible says that we are required, that God requires us to dance before God with all of our might, jumping and shouting and expressing ourselves. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. So whenever we are worshiping God, these different, these different things are evident in the worship. These different things are happening when we are supposed to be worshiping and they're supposed to be happening with all of our might. See, worship is not subdued. Worship is not passive. Worship is not unrecognizable. It's recognizable. It is seen and heard. There's a sound to worship. Worship, the literal meaning is, is an outward expression of gratitude. That's what it means. See, David was so grateful for who God was. So he worshiped God with all of his might. See, see, could it be our lack of expression is a lack of revelation? Because I believe so. I believe so. Because I'm telling you, when we catch a revelation of who Jesus actually is, 
when we see him high and lifted up on his throne, we won't be able to help ourselves but to worship with all of our might, to express ourselves in a way that probably looks really foolish to those around us. I'm telling you. And I don't know about anyone else in the room, but, but for me, man, I yearn to go to that level in my worship. I know I'm not there yet, but I'm gonna get there in Jesus' name. I'm gonna get there in Jesus' name. Get to the place where my definition of cool is worship. Not a new pair of J's, worship. That just speaks directly to me. My definition of cool is worship. Church, we gotta start asking God to make us passionate worshipers of God so that we can be true warriors of God. Passionate, just like David, to worship him with all of our might, dance, jump, shout, act foolish, just to touch him. See, we'll become true warriors when we become passionate worshipers. It's so true. And at Tyrone Christian Academy, our kids will will be trained to worship God in chapels and in different God times that we got separated out for them. They'll have time to express their self to the God of the universe. And I'm believing that the definition that they'll have for cool will be worship with all their might. But not just in a worship service, like in a church service, but in every aspect of their life and everything they do and everything they say, they will be expressing their love for Jesus. And I'm telling you, I pray in Jesus' name that these kids, when they come into this school, the spirit of the living God will grab them and overshadow them, overwhelm them with gratitude of what Jesus has already done for them. I pray that the Bible, what the Bible says happens. I pray that, that they will be baptized with fire and with the Holy Spirit. Because that's what the Bible says. John the Baptist says, one is coming who is mightier than I that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I pray that over these kids, making them true warriors for Christ. Come on, if you believe that, shout amen. 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 See, Tyrone <clears throat> Christian Academy, man, listen, we're gonna be training these kids to have a heart for God, to be humble servants of God who passionately worship God with all their, their might. But then there's, there's one more thing, the, the fourth and the final thing I'll talk about today and I'll let you go. The fourth thing will be this. They will live with the spirit of repentance so that they live a life of redemption. They're gonna learn to keep with the spirit of repentance so that their life will bear the fruit of repentance. And that's the fourth and final thing that David displayed in his life. The heart of a warrior lives a life of repentance. See, listen to me. The reason David was a man after God's own heart, why the Bible says that, it was because he was quick to repent of any sin that he fell into. He was quick to turn from it and not to return to it. See, see, David wasn't a perfect man. And if you go home today and do what I asked you to do, go home and read, starting in 1 Samuel chapter 16, you'll see David wasn't a perfect man by far. But you'll see he was a righteous man because the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but every time he gets right back up. They live a life of repentance. See, see, these, these kids will be, will be trained to, to display the fruit of repentance from living a life of repentance. And in return, they will, they will live a life of redemption. 
It's amazing. We're gonna be raising up warriors, church. That's what we're gonna do, raising warriors. Training these kids in the ways of the Lord, instilling in them the heart of a warrior, a heart for God, to be humble servants, passionate worshipers, people who live a life of repentance so that they'll bear much fruit for the kingdom of heaven that they'll be concerned about storing treasures in heaven, not here on this earth. And I'm telling you, these kids are gonna shake an entire region in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, God has showed it to me and I believe it. It's gonna go way beyond what we could ever think, ask, or imagine. Behold, God says, I'm doing a, I'm doing a brand new thing. Many people are going to be saved. Many people are gonna be set free because these kids will be trained warriors for Christ. It's gonna be amazing. I've gotta be honest though, I'm a little jealous of the kids because I wish I had something like this when I, when I grew up because if I did, I might not have done all the things that I'd done in order to get me to the place where I am today because that life was hard to get to where I am, really hard. These kids are gonna have an incredible opportunity to meet Jesus face to face, to grow in an environment with a faith family that loves them, that supports them, that encourages them, that blows wind in their sails every single day of their life. You know, on Thursday nights, we do an outreach called Community Kids Weekly. We've been doing this for several years now. And I've got to watch these kids grow over these past several years. And to see how these kids have come out of their shell and how they're starting to, to receive love and, and press into God. It's, it's absolutely a beautiful thing. And that's just from one day a week, a couple hours in that day. That's all we got with them. And God has already done so much in their life just from that little bit of time. Imagine what he's going to do with a group of kids that we've got for five days a week, multiple hours throughout that day, what God is going to do in, the, in and through their life. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And these are just some of the, the reasons I wanted to lay out for you today to cast vision of, of, of what we're going to be doing here, of how we're gonna be raising up these kids with the heart of a warrior, to have a heart after God, to be humble servants, man, to be passionate worshipers, uh, people that live a life of repentance. They're gonna be trained every day to be excellent in every single way and encouraged to do so. And we're gonna do it because that's what the word of God says to do. Now, look, here, here's the reality, right? About all of it. So to start a school comes with, with great cost. It just does. Money never, never does steer me. It never has, it never will. I've, I've never shied away from, did you know God has never spoken one thing for this church to do with us having the money first? Never once. Because if I had the money first, it wouldn't be faith. It'd be, oh yeah, I can see the money. It's right there in the bank account. Cool, we'll just use that. Never, not one time. God spoke it as we walked it out. God provided for it. And this school will be no different. Last week, I announced to you just for a moment about the envelopes you guys found on your seats today. This Raising Warriors giving campaign. Now, I didn't go into much detail last week. I, my wife said I, I preached too long, so I didn't get into that. <laughs> this Raising Warriors giving campaign. And let me explain it just a little bit to you. There's some words on it where you can put your name, right? And then you can pledge a gift 
to this campaign, this giving campaign, this mission of raising warriors for Christ in this Tyrone community. And see, on Sunday, March the 27th, that's two Sundays from now, March the 27th, we're gonna bring these back. I want you to take these, these envelopes home with you and I want you to begin to pray and ask God, God, what would you have me give to this? What would you have me bring as an offering to help raise warriors for Christ? And I'm telling you, I believe the Lord spoke to me very clearly. If they ask me, I'll tell them. If they ask me, I'll tell them. If you ask him, he'll tell you. And you just gotta be faithful to that. You gotta be faithful to what somebody else gives. You gotta be faithful to what God speaks to you to give. And God will speak that certain number and you, you're gonna write that down on this, on this card, this envelope. You're gonna, bring it, you're gonna bring it back on March the 27th, two Sundays from now. We're all gonna bring them back together. and We're all gonna bring our seed to the Lord and say, God, we're handing it to you. Now you multiply it. You do exactly what you need to do. And listen, all the money, listen to me, all the money is not due that day. Whatever that number is that God speaks to you, it's not due that day. It's two and a half months later. So you'll have two and a half months to fulfill the commitment that God speaks to your heart. Two and a half months. On June 5th will be the final giving Sunday that we'll come and bring our final offering to the Lord. Fulfilling what God spoke to us. Being faithful to the word that God has, has given us. March 27th will be the first giving Sunday. We're gonna celebrate. We're all gonna bring it in together. Doing this together. God's asking us to partner with him together. And then on Sunday, June 5th, it'll be the, the final giving Sunday. Do you know the Bible says this? Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Whoever gives generously, God will give to them generously. The Bible says, and whatever you give and whatever measure in which you give will be given back to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, it will be placed in your lap. The Bible says that whoever gives to a prophet will reap a prophet's reward. This is what the Bible is saying when that's saying that. When we're faithful to give what God has required us to give to a vision that is changing people's lives, we reap the harvest along with the vision. We get a share in that harvest with them. It's amazing. This is why we, we give to missions and we give over 20, 20% of everything that comes in here goes out to missions. Why? Because we're sowing into these people's ministries who aren't doing what we, we can't do what they're doing. They're overseas, we're not, but we wanna share in the harvest with them as a church. Because man, if we, we sow, we will reap in that same harvest. And if you give generously, to this campaign, God will bless you abundantly. I promise you that. And listen, this is not me trying to coax you into giving, right? I'm not selling holy water up here or nothing like that. This is me just telling you what the word of God says. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. This school is going to produce much fruit for the kingdom of God, I promise you, much fruit. And man, I don't know, I can't wait to see actually all the treasures we'll have stored in heaven when we get there. When I stand before Jesus and he says, you remember when you gave on that date, this is all the fruit that you have from giving. And God is asking us to be a part of it. When these kids come out of Tyrone Christian Academy, they'll be prepared for life. They'll be warriors for Christ, passionate worshipers of God. They'll be a people who can stand upon their faith in Christ, even in these days. And we will we'll take that scripture and say, no, not on our watch, Jesus. When you return, you're gonna find faith in Tyrone, in Jesus' name. 
because we're going to make sure of it. And come hell or high water, we're going to give to it. We're going to be excited about it. And we're going to pray for it. And God's asking us to, to bring it to pass, to be a part of it. God's giving us this, this freedom to, to give to this, to do something brand new on the earth. And so let's not miss the opportunity to make history. It's going to be something God does. It's going to be brand new. And so what I want you to do is I want you to take these envelopes home, church. I want you to take them home with you. And every single morning, I want you to get up every morning for the next two weeks. And I just want you to hold it. And I want you to pray. Ask God, God, what would you have me give to this? Lord, Lord, what would you have me, me give to this? And then on March 27th, write it down. Bring in the first installment. And what I'm asking is, what I felt like the Lord placed on our hearts was to ask the church to do $125,000 in this offering. So from March 27th to June 5th, as a body, we will, we will give $125,000. The elder board has already committed the church out of the missions money of the church to give $125,000. The elders are separately praying right now for a number that they are going to give on behalf of this vision. The, the, the committee, the school committee is also praying right now on what they are going to give because, and Julie and I are doing the same thing, okay? And, and here's why this is so important. See, the leaders need to set the pace. We need to put our money where our mouth is, period. We don't wanna just talk about it. We wanna be about it. And we're gonna, we're gonna announce to you what that number is just so you can be encouraged by it. I'm so excited because I know what God has spoken to us I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but, but God is faithful and I'm excited about it. Church, I'm telling you, we give generously. We'll reap generously. Father, I thank you for each and every person that's here today. Lord, I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you, God, that they're, that they're here and they're open and they're willing to receive from you and be used by you. And Lord, I pray that you would strengthen each and every one of us to be your warriors. God, strengthen us and give us the wisdom to raise our kids up to be warriors for Christ in this day and age, Father, so that they can stand firm on their faith in who Jesus is, so they can walk through a hurting world but, but feeling joyful, feeling peaceful, because, God, you'll be with them and strengthen them. Lord, I pray that you would begin to speak to every single heart here the number that you would wish us to give, that you expect us to bring to this offering, Father. Make it clear to each and every heart and to each and every mind, I pray right now. And husband and wives, Father, I pray you would speak the same numbers to them, <laughs> reaffirming and confirming for them the number you've spoken to them. I pray that. And Lord, I bless them right now. I bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I pray you would... Bless them this week and strengthen them. Let your favor and blessing be all upon them. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen, amen.